Welcome to Season 2, Episode 4 of the Dynasty Movement Podcast. I'm Nick, and I am joined by Dakota. As always, we are your hosts. We are your hosts every week, and you can't get away from us. Uh, is, this that, week... is that true? I, I don't know. <laughs> it might be. I mean, okay. So far, Let's go with it. Let's roll we're going it. with it. It's official. This week, we're going over the weekly temperature checks, uh, a couple of things that happened this week general climate football stuff and uh just community stuff in general don't have a big one today let's get down to it yeah we're gonna start right with the temperature checks again just like last week who you hot on uh well i don't want to toot my own horn after last week or anything uh but i will say um kind of going off a topic that we'll talk more on later but the death of derrick henry the, the rumors of Derrick Henry's demise have been greatly exaggerated. Uh, yeah. Oops. <laughs> you know, he, he turned in a, a pretty solid performance. Uh, this week, going into it, just kind of felt like me. I'm a big vibes guy. Yeah. Going into week three, this just felt like one of those weeks where there was going to be a lot of stupid things that happened. And a lot of stupid things did happen. Um... So Derrick Henry is going to be my, he's going to be one of them. Uh, I think that he still has plenty left in the gas tank. And uh, number two, um, I'm going to go with Romeo uh, <laughs> Dobbs, Dobbs. Yeah, one of those. His, his pronunciation still remains a mystery. No, I will <laughs> not look it up. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, as somebody who owns Christian Watson, uh, reluctantly, you know, as I've yeah. said many times, uh romeo romeo does scare me a little bit um if, if watson is any good then he should be able to still break out um you know if if he is good that's that's still the big question mark uh but romeo uh looks like he is very capable of being rogers favorite target uh this season um other than <laughs> their running backs i guess because uh <laughs> yeah. those are yeah those are going to be the biggest priority um, but, but he looked good, uh, especially for a rookie and Rogers doesn't trust a lot of them. Number three, that that's going to be a difficult one. Uh, cause there were so many uninspiring performances this week from players that, you know, we expect a lot from. I will, uh, give you a second to think on it. Yeah. And while you're doing that, uh, I'm actually going to circle back to a couple things here. Uh, for one, everyone who started Derrick Henry this week. Uh, you're welcome because I'm pretty sure he listened to the podcast last week and had a huge week just to spite me. Like I'm just, I'm just looking it up right now and 20 carries for 85 yards and a touchdown along with five catches for 58 yards. Like that's kind of what we expect out of him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's even more receiving work than I would normally Exactly. So shame on me. I deserve it. And we also got some feedback from last week about how we mispronounce a lot of names. My rebuttal for that is that if people want us to pronounce their names correctly, then I have to hear announcers say their names enough to correct me. If if the top announcers in the game can fumble, pun intended, the names of these guys week in and week out, 
I think that two amateurs such as ourselves are a lot of little grace. Yeah. Uh, like Tyler Algier. I mean, if I had ever heard an announcer say his name before, I would have gotten it correctly the first time. Is, is that uh, how you pronounce it? Uh, allegedly. <laughs> alleged. Okay. Well, maybe his last name is pronounced allegedly. Yeah, that's what, I was, that's what I was corrected to. So I'm going right, to go right. with that. Uh, a riser for me is, I think, a riser for everybody is uh, Damian Pierce. Yep. I, he had the week that everyone wanted him to have two weeks ago. 20 carries. I mean, that's, for me, I always look for opportunity when playing people. And he was seventh in the league in carries this week, uh, plus two targets, which is, I mean, it's nice. I always want my wide receivers to have receiving work. But he's very obviously the starting running, running back. Backs, right? And, like, yeah, among running backs, yeah. He had the second most, or seventh most, whatever. Yeah, he he would probably be my third riser too. I just uh, the reason why I didn't mention him was because I watched every miserable down of that Bears Texans game and I successfully uh, erased it from memory. I, I uh, eternal sunshine myself. Oh yeah, just block it out, man. Block what out? That whole game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Thank it, you. it was it yeah. was miserable. Yeah, he did really I, well. Um, another one who I think, uh, just because he didn't really pop for fantasy teams, uh, especially if you started him, but it's the second week of over 12 points, is Brees Hall, the unanimous first overall rookie pick. Everyone's talking about how great the rookies, uh, wide receivers have been doing. Um, obviously, Drake London's a machine. Uh, Chris Olave this week, is er, the last couple weeks now, he's just an air yard monster uh those guys are great we know it they've broken out instantly but Brees hall last week led all running backs with 11 targets to i believe michael carter's two but i'm going to check real quick he's been rising on the trajectory that you would kind of want you know let's uh i'm not going to mention any names on this server of people who traded away jonathan taylor too early but (laughs) yeah Let's not forget that Jonathan Taylor took a little bit to pop, as did Christian McCaffrey, who was seeding work to uh, Jonathan Stewart in his early career. Exactly. Um, you know, you, you kind of expect running backs to break out uh, earlier than wide receivers, or, or at least be kind of putting up the amount of points that you're going to expect from them uh, in their career moving forward. But that doesn't mean that week one they have to be the guy already. You know? Exa- like yeah. they they need a little bit of time to ramp up. Especially when you have a competent incumbent. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't want to deviate too much right now, but this is a little bit of breaking news. I was just informed that Coolio has died. Re- wow, really? Coolio is dead at 59. Rest in peace. I, uh... Where'd you see that? I, I, I uh, uh, somebody texted it to me legendary celebrity chopped uh episode with coolio so rest in peace yeah rest in peace but uh yeah just getting back to Brees hall here on a more somber note um (laughs) uh yeah he had eight carries to michael carter's 11 but they Brees Hall averaged more yards per carry by about a half a yard per carry. Um, mm-hmm. Out snapped 
Michael Carter, 51% to 49%, and uh, out-targeted him 11-2. to two. Yeah, I, I think... So um, we're now looking at a t- a opportunity share of, what, nine, or, yeah, 19 to 13 after three weeks? Yeah, I, I still don't think it's like a... If anybody is somehow doubting his talent, I, I don't think it's the worst time to buy. I do think that his value is going to go up. Um, since people seem to have that short-term memory every year of forgetting, like, oh, these running backs, like, why aren't they popping off right away? Um, there is usually that couple-week period where, the, where there's that ramp up. and Yeah, it's usually is... really rare that they just burst out of the scene week one. Right. I, I can't really – did Saquon even do that in week one? I, I think he might have. I'll pull him up. I want to say Zeke did as well. Yeah, th- those are the two that kind of came to mind of like those super hyped guys who <clears throat> just delivered on their promises yep. right away. But... Saquon week one was uh, twenty points in half PPR. Yeah, and okay. Pretty much, I'm just looking at his 2018 right now, and I mean that year was stupid. If anyone's surprised <laughs> at what he's doing right now, uh, well, you you forgot. Because yeah. this guy was insane. Yeah, I mean his rookie his rookie campaign was really like something to behold. Um, that was a great year for running backs, just in general. Yeah, uh, his worst uh, week with a one hundred percent snap count as a running back, mind you, which is ridiculous. But he had seven point six points. Uh, he only had one other week with less than fifteen. That's... Uh stupid all right so you got uh damian pierce and Brees hall yep uh damian pierce Brees hall and people are gonna call me uh this an anchor pick but i'm going right back to jahan dotson and you might ask well he only had two catches for 10 yards how could he possibly be a riser for me and it's because he had eight targets Um, yeah i i don't know if you I don't know how much you could uh, uh, really critique the Washington offense this week thanks to a certain quarterback that I usually root for. Yeah, uh, I actually was... have his number. I have a couple of interesting numbers from Mr. Wentz here. <laughs> I-, I would love uh, to hear them. Last week, he went... I forgot the exact... I only have his uh, completion percentage, but it was 58% completion for 4.9 average yards per completion. Wow, that's that's franchise material right there. Just hucking it deep. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of people that did a whole lot. Terry had over 100 yards, but 45 of them were on one catch. Uh, I actually had uh, our good friend Weaves, friend of the show, uh, gotten all 22 for me so I could see all eight targets of Dotson. And I want to say he had one pretty bad drop for about 15 yards. But otherwise, five of the eight targets were just entirely uncatchable. Um, One was blocked at the line of scrimmage. Two were overthrown by at least 10 yards. Uh, It just was not a good day for uh, the man behind center there. But I am encouraged by the usage. Every time you see... Like, the fact that he's being more incorporated every week, that's what I actually want to see. The touchdowns in the first two weeks were really nice, obviously, but the fact that this guy's just getting more and more incorporated into the offense and more trusted, that's what's actually worth something. 
Yeah, absolutely. Eight targets is nothing to scoff at, you know. That's the, the that's like nearly Auden Tate numbers from a couple of years ago. <laughs> hey, how's he doing anyway? I haven't heard his oh, name we, all year. We, we, we don't need to get into it. <laughs> uh, let's let's move on to the fallers here. Okay. Who, who you got? Who you got for uh, taking a hit to their stock this week? Ah, oh, jeez. Running backs, just all <laughs> of them. This is a different topic that we're, we were going to get into about how running back this season is just an absolute wasteland. But, I'm, man. We, we can talk about it right now. Yeah, I'm just going to go through. These are the top ten running backs for the week. In half it's a point, painful list. Yeah, in uh, half point PPR, I have to make sure to switch to the right league so that I don't have return yards screwing it up. Uh, so we got Khalil Herbert. Fine running back. Does a good job, right? He's still a backup. The fact that this random guy who's just getting thrown in and is just the top running back for the week, not a great look for the dudes who, you know, start for a living. And I'll follow that up by number two being Jamal Williams, who is also a backup, who is also outscoring all of these guys that you were drafting high to actually win you leagues. Third is Derrick Henry, who had a decent return to form. Before we go to Cordero Patterson at fourth. Uh, our uh, unspoken, spoken of hero earlier, Saquon, is fifth. Followed by Devin Singletary, the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, James Robinson, who is proving that Achilles tears are not actually a death sentence for careers. No matter what Cam Akers will try to tell you. Yep. Ramondre Stevenson, Nick Chubb. And Chase Edmonds. Yeah, pretty pretty terrible uh, list. And as somebody who in one league owns both Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara, <laughs> I, I I can tell you firsthand that this week really sucked. I'd imagine a lot of teams and a lot of people who have these 26, 27-year-old running backs who are worth at least a first-round pick right now still are not particularly thrilled with the fact that they are probably contenders who don't have that future capital with them and are also being outscored by rookies and backups. Yeah, it's it's a little difficult. I feel like uh, these weeks happen every every year. Like, again, I, I just had a certain vibe that uh, this was going to be a week of chaos, and, and the running was. back position was definitely the most emblematic of that. Uh, there's always like a week or so where like the top 10 list kind of looks like that. Usually it's due to injury or something stupid like that. And while you had guys like David Montgomery, DeAndre Swift, Swift yeah. Um, yeah, well, you had them get hurt like a, a little bit. Like there's really not a whole lot of explanation for uh, the absences of <laughs> of a lot of the other Like top Joe guys. Mixon or... Dalvin Cook. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, did Dalvin Cook get injured? Uh, he got banged up. I want to say he left the game pretty early, which I should know because I actually watched that game. Yeah. Um, yeah, he only played 61% of snaps, but he had 17 carries for 96 yards and a touchdown. Um, totally. But he also lost a fumble, which I don't <laughs> know how most people's leagues score them. Like, I uh, lost fumbles, but for me, it's usually lose a point for fumbling and lose two more if you lose it. Yeah. Um, so, he had... So so what uh what do you make of this situation with the running backs? Like do you, do you think that this is uh this is 
indicative of a of a trend because because it's been a slow start for a lot of these top guys you know? i am uh, not a zero running back guy like a lot of people in here uh-huh. but if i were i would be insufferable because people <laughs> with jamal williams and khalil herbert and samaje p ryan and chase edmonds are winning a lot of games right now Right. And people, well, you know, with your Elvin Kamaras and uh, Josh Jacobs or Jonathan Taylor or whoever are, uh, I'm guessing, not super thrilled with their 10 points per game. Yeah, I, well, I, I do want to say, I don't think that you, Burn, need to be 0RB for you to be insufferable. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just want to say this is true. right now. This is true. Um, but that, that being said... Uh, I, I do feel like um, I, I feel like the game has been trend. Everyone always talks about how there's just less and less workhorse running backs going on, and I, I don't think every week is going to look like a, this week, uh, this season, or anything like that. But I just can't help but feel like the longer I play Dynasty, the the more that zero running back makes sense. You know, because oh, how yeah. are you going to get? How are you really going to get a lot of these top guys without selling the farm with them or drafting them? Yeah. Um, and if you're drafting them, I can't help but feel like, you know, you can move on from them to more stable high-end assets um, and flip them for that, which will also last longer um, than, uh, you know, put all your eggs in, in the basket like this. Because, you know, if you had, <laughs> like... You know, imagine me having Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara on my team, and I, I started Nick Chubb in one of my flex spots. Um, you know, Nick Chubb is Nick Chubb, but I'm looking longingly, like I'm the Wolverine meme, looking at Jeff Wilson on my bench because I, because I, I the fool, started Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara, you know? Yeah, I can't believe you'd start those guys over a certified stud like Jeff Wilson. Look, Jeff Wilson... It, Jeff Wilson is a uh, a dark horse pick for uh, for for stock rising this last week. Okay, I mean, the, the, so the long as Elijah Mitchell's out, he's going to be doing well. Yeah, the, the the Niners clearly have a lot of faith in him. You know, people wanted a uh, uh, no. Jeff Wilson was not asked this last week. He he did fumble at the end of the game, which was a bummer. But he looked like uh, one of the only handful of. Uh, Niners on offense who who actually cared. He was running with a passion, you know. He was basically Barry Sanders out there. He was basically Barry Sanders, and I know that everybody wants it to be Jordan Mason time. We all love the Cinderella story of, you know, the uh, fifth uh, the 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 fifth on the depth chart running back coming into prominence. But like I said last week, I just don't really think it's going to happen with Jordan Mason. Um, the same way that it did with Elijah Mitchell, the same way that it did with, you know, and I mean, the forebear. Yeah, and everyone wanting Jeff, miss, like uh, Jordan Mason to, uh, you know, be like the fifth on the depth chart up to the starter guy. Like, we're acting like Jeff Wilson wasn't an undrafted free agent who did that exact same thing. Right. You know? <laughs> exactly. Except um, Jeff Wilson's 26, and we don't know how long he's going to be in the league. Let's give him his shine. You know, this is this is Jeff I, Wilson time. I mean, Jeff Wilson won a lot of people championships two years ago, myself mm-hmm. included. So I, I got nothing but respect for the guy, and I will 
I will roster him so long as he is a Niner. If he goes anywhere else, though, he's he's probably getting dropped. Yeah, TDP's not looking good. He's a faller for sure. Thank you. Yeah, T- TDP is kind of like this year's, uh, what was even his name? Trey like, Sermon? Trey Sermon, jeez, wow. Yeah, the Niners are on, a fi- they're on fire with their uh, third-round picks right now, huh? Well, the thing is, is they seem to get like a quality guy later on, so you just have to think that their third-round pick is not actually their third-round pick. Think of their... Think of the Niners drafting a running back in the third round in the same way that the Packers took Jordan Love in the first. It wasn't to draft the new guy. You know, obviously, the the new guy could be anything. But it was more so to light a fire under the ass of the guy that they draft, you know, four rounds later. Or they pick up as an undrafted free agent. Who else has sucked? Oh, well, I was on Team Adam last week uh, with... I forgot who I was even pumping up. Oh, yeah, Pat Fryermuth. Uh, this week, uh, Najee Harris is You're... who we thought he was. Uh, he's yeah. an okay running back that gets a whole lot of work. And when he's not getting that work, it's not pretty. Yeah. Um, I, well, that was always kind of the, the thing with him, right? Was that his, his whole value was that he was going to be the workhorse back for them. And having the workhorse back on the Steelers is always going to be good, no matter who that is. And they, they tend to like having a workhorse, but... Yeah. Like you said, you take that away, and what do you get? Oh, uh, an overhyped an overhyped guy like Najee Harris, you know? Put, it, yeah. put Najee Harris on, like, any other team, bum. Yeah, I'm, I'm just looking at him from the last two years, and last year he had nine games under three and a half yards per carry. Uh, one game at it, so I guess let's let's call it ten. That's at or under, and this year already, ten carries for twenty three yards, fifteen carries for forty nine yards, fifteen carries for fifty six yards, and a touchdown. His best week is eleven point four points. Uh, this is a guy that a lot of people were taking as the number two dynasty running back, who is just the efficiency numbers aren't there. So you have to hope he's getting twenty twenty five carries a game, or else you're just not really gonna get anything out of him. Right. Uh, well, anyone who has taken him as the number two running back was just looking at the box score and nothing else. Yeah, and that's that's a big concern for me with him. Is, uh, I mean, with running backs, the more carries you get, the more hits you take. I mean, any play someone can get injured, and the more plays you're in. Injuries are the kind of thing where it's entirely random play by play. I don't mm-hmm. subscribe to the fact that to the idea that some people are just really injury prone. I just think they're incredibly unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, like the the thing with like a lot of the top end running backs who get injured, it's like they're they're not injury prone. It's just on any given play, there's a chance of injury. And when you're in for every single play, that's gonna up the the injury. You know? Yeah. Like sometimes it, sometimes it sucks and you you draw the short straw, but you know that's just kind of the. It's like anyone can have an offensive lineman fall on your knees sideways on any play, but the more you're running up the tackles and whatnot, the more it'll. The, the bigger chance it has of happening right i mean you could you could and if tear you're not, your achilles like just by twisting your leg yeah just you know by shaking somebody's hand weird I mean, <laughs> i'm sure it's happening. i walked up the stairs two days ago and my heels started to hurt like hell <laughs> i woke up the other day and i pinched a nerve in my neck sleeping silly exactly so if a guy's getting that workload i at least you know you'd hope that they're getting more out of each opportunity than he does. 
Yeah, because I'm, I don't know how well he's going to hold up with, you know, 400 touch seasons. Right. Especially I mean, at the ripe young age of like 46. <laughs> exactly. I'm not a, I'm not a big Najee believer. In fact, I'm a Najee hater. This, this season has kind of just shown me uh, that, yeah, I'm right, as usual. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yep. Uh, Solar does, does bring up, uh, he's asking about Joe Mixon and his uh, particularly unstellar day that he had as well against the, to be fair, very stout Jets defense. Just, uh, <laughs> just an absolute unit. Yeah, 12 carries for 24 yards, three catches uh, on seven targets for 14 yards. Do people Ouch. still believe in Joe Mixon? Like, do people still think that he's an elite asset? I'm genuinely um, asking. I mean, week one, he actually did pretty well. He had uh, 18 points without a touchdown, uh, 82 mm -hmm. yards on the ground, 63 through the air. Uh, last week, it was uh, just eyeballing 83 total yards. So, I mean, he's getting it. Last week, I think, was probably more of an aberration than anything. But, I mean, Samaj P. Ryan did uh, outplay him pretty notably. Samaj P. Ryan, though, has always kind of been... He's kind he, of just he, a sneaky little shit, you know? Yeah, he <laughs> Samaj P. Ryan is kind of like a less sexy Melvin Gordon, kind of. You know? He just kind of exists and takes points from uh, Mixon. Yeah, well, like, like you can he's you good can kind of start Melvin Gordon any given week, like in your flex spot, and feel okay about it. But yeah. Samadji P Ryan, he doesn't really have that sort of uh, consistency, but he'll have games where he just like randomly kind of goes off, you know? Yeah, and uh, I think he's just one of those people that's probably a better football player than fantasy asset. And because he does things like blocking well, he just ends up getting more snaps that you need than you'd expect from someone of uh, his running caliber. You got anyone you're hating on? Uh, uh, <laughs> I, mean, through? I, I don't. I don't know if that's necessarily a question at any given time. I got plenty of players. <laughs> that I let's um, rip one out let's here. Let's see. Uh, well, unfortunately, you know, I really don't like saying this. Like my God, Justin Fields. <laughs> the bears um, twice in a row yeah uh justin fields was kind of uh his stock it, it wasn't it did not have a good week i'm as an actual bears fan uh i still have hope you know i'm not really willing to call him a bust quite yet but it certainly seems like things are moving that way i've seen every snap that the bears have played this season it's clear that the coaching staff just doesn't trust him and i well i think that our current regime is bad as it normally is <laughs> yeah. uh i have to assume that they know some basic things and that they're just not liking what they see with Justin. Um, I have a question for you. I right now, as a Bears fan, uh, either in fantasy or actuality, your call. Would you mm -hmm. trade Justin Fields at this point for Zach Wilson? Oh, Not knowing that... at all how Zach Wilson is going to respond in year two. Yeah, that that's a good question. Um, at this point in time, I think I would. 
in fan in, in in dynasty i think that i would actually smash that trade simply because i feel like i'm not willing to call justin fields a, a bust yet but we have to look at the reality here and that's that the coaching staff doesn't trust him you have wor- rumors swirling that the uh new management doesn't think that he's their guy and that they want to move away and, and on top of that, you have his actual in-game performances where, you know, we, we've seen, as limited as, it, as it's been, we've seen him in action passing, and we've seen what he can do with his legs. And I, I still think he's got a ton of, he's got a ton of talent, you know, it, but it just does not seem like things are lining up for him to take advantage of that um, or be used the way that he's going to need to be. Whereas with Zach Wilson, you know, he kind of showed some flashes last year. It seems like uh, other than the calls for Flacco to be league MVP, which you're just going to get no matter what. (laughs) Um, But, like, Wilson had some things going for him. He's got a great supporting cast of weapons. It just seems like the the current uh, staff on the Jets – are a lot more behind Wilson than the Bears are behind Fields. Um, in real life, I don't know how I would feel about that because I, I, I don't want to call the current coaching staff as bad as Nagy because that's pretty hard to do, in my opinion. I mean, they're um, trying their best to impersonate him at least. Right. It's not. It's not going good. In in real life, like I kind of just feel like the the Bears are just a bad, bad, horrible, no good organization. And the Jets are obviously a, a tremendous franchise with no history of uh, disarray. Um, but but in Dynasty, I would definitely, honestly, I would, at this point, if you're a Justin Fields owner and somebody just offered you Zach Wilson straight up, like I think you have to smash them. How do you feel? I, you kind of hit on the point that I was hoping you were going to hit on and why I asked the question. Looking a lot at the numbers from last year, uh, I had Zach Wilson and Justin Fields very similarly. Um, mm. They were passing at a pretty averagely, or like at a pretty similar clip. They both can run. Obviously, Fields is a better runner, uh, but Wilson isn't a bad runner by any means either. But the difference to me is that the Jets brought in Corey Davis, which I know some people don't think Corey Davis is very good. I went to Western Michigan University, so I think he's phenomenal. They drafted Garrett Wilson in the first round. Uh, They brought in even just, like, supporting guys like Tyler Conklin. Like, they're adding offensive weapons, Brees Hall, to just, like, see what they've got. They're obviously invested in Zach Wilson. It's still the same front office and coaching staff that drafted him. So these guys, their careers, the office and the coaching staff, are tied to this guy. So he's going to be around for a couple of years because everyone else's jobs depend on him being the guy. Whereas Justin Fields, they gave him no help. They let Allen Robinson go, which you can decide for yourself if you think he's washed or not, but he was still one of the best players on that offense regardless. They added, what, everyone else's cast-offs, which is fine if you want to kick the tires on, you know, uh, Dante Pettis as like your number five receiver, but you don't want an entire room made out of those kinds of guys. Right. Um, we we are really the island of misfit toys, you know. Yeah, Just when... wait until Nikhil Harry comes back, though. 
Yeah, when Equinemius St. Brown is your best receiver through three weeks anyway. Uh, I mean, put that's some respect on his name. He, I know. He's, he's looked pretty... He, he looked is pretty a member of the all-name team in the NFL. Right, yes. I mean, that's... I think that's the big problem with Justin Fields in general is even if he sucks all year, like how much can you blame him with a coaching staff that doesn't trust him and with no weapons? So Right, yeah. At this point it's like like I'm maybe I should rephrase my my statement, but like I'm not really willing to call him a bust based on like uh meaning I don't think that he can make it in the league, but his situation is horrible. I, I might be ready to call him a bust just on, on the fact where it's like, okay, like, honestly, he's got no weapon. Like, we have a bottom-of-the-barrel roster. We have so many holes. And next year, we're going to have a ton of money freed up in free agency. But by that time, he's two years into his career, and he's going to have internalized probably a lot of uh, a, a lot of negative playing habits just out of self-preservation, you know? We don't have a great line we have no receivers that are uh really that talented we're still waiting for the Velas jones rollout <laughs> and that's, um, yeah i mean it's very reminiscent to me of uh the sam darnold seeing ghosts clip right but even it's... then you know sam darnold had robbie anderson <laughs> you yeah. know I, and I, I do think that robbie anderson is a better receiver than darnell Mooney. that's fair He's definitely um, had some good seasons. I actually think Mooney's a very good player. So. I, I think that Mooney's a, Mooney's a decent player, but it's just so obvious from this year that, that Mooney is just not... He's not that he's guy. He's not the guy who, that you want to be your number one guy. Right, yeah. You're happy to have uh, him on your team, but you want someone else that's taking that double coverage. Yeah, and I, I just worry that based on the moves that the Bears have made this, this year, I'm worried that Poles doesn't really see these players as people <laughs> I just uh from from the moves that he's made with you know his reluctance to pay our guys who actually have talent him just having a complete fire sale on on players that we have and potentially already being out on justin fields like it just to me it doesn't bode well for like what kind of franchise th- this team wants to be where he's just seeing the the dollars and cents of everything and forgetting that you know like locker room uh cohesion is is an important thing in in the pro leagues um you know it's it's important to have guys like gelling with their personality and and fostering like a winning culture and it, it's it's really hard to do that when it's so obvious that you're just already writing this year off and potentially um you know, just already moving on from this guy that who was drafted to be the franchise. Yeah, it's. I mean, even from a fan of a team like a conf, like a division rival, it's hard to watch. I I, I don't <laughs> oh, understand man. how a team that invested so much into a guy uh, a year ago, right? Even if he's not your guy, how are you not doing your best to see what you've got? Because no matter. Like, no matter how the Bears do this year now, and no matter how Justin Fields does, you're going to have that lingering doubt that, oh, we didn't set him up to succeed, so now we're going to spend another year trying to figure it out, or you're just going to pass on on this guy who could have been the answer. To me, it's a wasted year. It it absolutely is. And and you know that we're down tremendously 
when we when we have a Lions fan taking pity on us. Yeah, and I hate the Bears. I I I, I don't hate the Lions. Well, no know? one hates the Lions. We're too pathetic. <laughs> right, but but uh, we're we're not that far off, you know. You you and I. I mean, the Lions the Lions look pretty good this year. Yeah, uh, the Lions might be the exact opposite of the Bears. It's a good roster with Jared Goff. Right, you know, like you guys get uh, you guys here. Get we'll give Dane you Goff Campbell. and give us Fields. We'll we'll kick the you know kick the tires, see if he's any good for you guys, and you guys can uh, Goff. Yeah, just I mean, we'll we'll give you everything if you just give us Dan Campbell. No, not on the oh, table. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so Justin Justin Fields was for sure one of my fallers. Another faller that i had th- this was somewhat of a heated discussion um in the, the community this week um and i, I don't think that his stock has I- i'm not saying hit the panic button yet but i do think that uh etn that, right that's how you say yeah. his name right? right how it's spelled R- okay that's that's what i thought I... <laughs> or if you're wrong everyone just assumed that we're just saying the acronym Right. Yes. Yes. You're right. Either uh, way. But I do think that ETN is at an interesting point where, at, at this junction, if you drafted him where he was drafted, you can't help but 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 realize that you've lost that that draft. I I don't think that he's like a panic seller or anything like that. But it does kind of seem like James Robinson really is just this unicorn that everybody consistently wants to write off. And he just consistently beats the odds, and it seems like he's got a good relationship with, uh, you know, Jacksonville. He likes being there. I, he's not going to reset the market, so I think that he signs a team-friendly deal next year. Uh, so that puts ETN in a position where I think that his value is just slowly going to kind of bleed, <laughs> barring something crazy from happening. But at this point, you know, betting against James Robinson seems to be a losing bet. I'm gonna. I just looked it up while you were talking there too, and just to compound on this, ETN only played 43% of snaps and had 16 touches to his credit. But Robinson had 20 touches on 58% snaps and is the only running back on Jacksonville with a touchdown this season. So he's getting all of the value touches, is getting more time on the field, and is getting more touches overall. To your point, also. ETN still, he has the fifth year option as well, like the team does, and he's only in his second year while Robinson is in his third. But Robinson should be relatively reasonable on the market and is only six months older than ETN. So it's really not a great situation for someone that a lot of people probably drafted like in hero running back strategies to be like their guy who is now putting up six points a game. Yeah, exactly my point. Like, I think that he's certainly going to be fantasy relevant for a bit, but is is he that guy that you drafted him to be? Like, it, it's looking more and more like that is that outcome is unlikely. I think he's fa- going to fall into one of those categories where, unless James Robinson gets hurt, he is a far better football player than he is a fantasy asset. Yeah, I think and, he's a very I mean, good player. He pops on the screen, but he's not going to get that va- like volume while you have the dude who's getting all the red zone touches that's out snapping him who's getting first and second down like who are you taking you know tony pollard or zeke elliott like everyone likes pollard he's a good player but zeke's still the guy 
Yeah, like yeah, like T- Tony's consistently that guy where every off season there there's all that chatter about could this be the year where he breaks out and what people have been saying that for four years. Yeah, he's four, still a very startable player, and I think ETN will be that guy. He's just not going to have the ceiling that you've wanted out of someone who is probably being taken, you know, in one quarterback leagues third overall, um, and in superflex eighth or ninth. He's still a first round pick. And right. I mean, do you want to spend that on a guy who's very likely going to spend at least a lot of the first couple of years of his career as a third down back? Yeah, maybe, maybe you know, buy low on him in like a year or something. I mean, <laughs> maybe. I think but you could probably I... buy low on him now. There's a lot of people who sat through a year of a list Frank injury who's now seeing that he's getting, you know, 35, 45% snap counts. Yeah, uh, I, I, I think that his value is con- going to continue to bleed, though. I think that there's still enough hope right now where, where people are going to hold rather than, like, sell him. But I, I think, like, next year you're going to be able to get him. Or, or even later in the season, you know? Like, yeah. I, I think that if you if you just wait till by the tra- trade deadline for for him, I, I think that right now is the highest his value will be this season. I th- and I'm going to call my shot on that. That's fair. Um. I'm actually going to go the other way a little bit. I think right now is a... I think if you found a skittish owner, you could probably get him for a projected like early to mid-second for someone who's trying to outsmart the market and say, ha, oh, they haven't noticed a snap count, blah, blah, blah. But on the flip side, you could also be outsmarting yourself, thinking, oh, well, his value's down, and he's obviously going to take over for James Robinson. I'm going to keep doubting James Robinson. Right, um, and, you know. So obviously, someone's going to be right. Someone's going to win. If anyone who's trading ETN right now, someone's going to win big because I think his value is very off. It's just if it's low or high right now, it's something that we don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. Right now, he's kind of in that no man's land where I'm absolutely certain his value will not be what it is right now. I'm fairly sure that it's going to go down. But on you know on the other end on the other side of things you know James Robinson could get hurt and then come back next year even better but he could be out for the year and then ETN just goes off the rest of the season the Jags are a surprisingly good team this year you know like maybe and then and then he just takes a job and we never hear from James Robinson again I mean right. it, it's well, a fickle I mean remember Alex Smith and uh, with the 49ers like it's a fickle league one injury and all of a sudden your job's gone right I mean James Robinson's already kind of proved like he like come people, back people people thought that james robinson was going to disappear due to injury going into this year you know yeah james robinson is everything people wanted cam Akers to be speaking of cam Akers actually had a decent week apparently yeah. i was just writing him off after uh week one was a little premature he still hasn't i don't think he's gotten in the end zone yet but yeah, yeah i mean five yards eight, carry eight, 12 carries for 61 eight, yards and a touchdown yeah that's a decent day yeah, it's it's a fine day. I'm still completely out on him. Um, you know, he's he's still a talented guy, but he's no he's no James. He's Robinson. no James Robinson. <laughs> J Rob's just um, the guy. What can I say? Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, J Rob really is a unicorn. Um, that that much is for sure. Um, uh, for any other fallers, let's see. I think I've mm. just about wrapped. Actually, I have one more. But right. then I think that'll be it for me. Uh, it's Nico Collins. He was a, a guy baller. that a lot of people are excited about this offseason. 
um, as being potentially the heir apparent to Brandon Cooks as the number one wide receiver for the Texans, which how valuable is that position? Uh, That's up for debate (laughs) as is already. But I I would agree with you that his values taken a hit. I don't really think it's taken a significant I don't think so either, but I think people were expecting him to kind of break out as like that de facto, like de facto wide receiver too for the Texans. Yeah. And he's like getting what? I'm going to pull him up real quick. Uh, Somewhere around six points per game, uh, 68% snap count or snap percentage on the season. Um, Through three weeks, he has 16 targets, which is fine but yeah I mean, he's not we're, we're... someone that anyone who's trying to win games on a unless their league has like 20 plus teams no one's starting this guy and winning yeah we're dynasty people so we're gonna be really tapped into like these long shots and that's what nico collins has always been really he, he's he's just been a lottery ticket that you hope to take advantage of a good situation um but i i don't really think anybody was really late like nico collins last year was kind of like what romeo dobbs is this year you know mm-hmm. uh, except romeo capitalized on it but yeah nico collins i mean they they drafted a receiver this year um we already kind of know who davis mills is and evidently it's better than justin fields <laughs> yeah i'm um i'm a big like, uh davis mills truther too but i mean he's I, I'm, he is who we thought he was gonna be he's like yeah game manager he's not gonna set this guy on fire right he's like fine. i wouldn't be surprised if if the texans stayed with him if if their if their record is like all right this year i could see the texans staying with him again next year and and just further filling the holes that they have because it is still very much a, a bottom tier roster um uh, on that team they they just have so many holes that they need to fill still um so you know it, it's just a team that's very much in rebuild mode the only players that i'm interested in owning on there are damian pierce and uh and brandon cooks you know and, yeah. and even still brandon cooks is he's not had a great year either Right, he's been he's been a shakier start than normal. Um, I I would expect him him to have some like positive regression for sure, but like you know, that 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 is a team that uh, is just really not well suited to having fantasy relevant guys. And I say that as somebody who's usually like looking at the bottom of the barrel team, saying I'll scoop those guys up because there's just going to be so many garbage time points, you know? Yeah, it's free. There's still just not really that kind of team, you know? Yeah. Like, the only, even, like, Davis Mills, who I think had a very good rookie year, all things considered, especially on a terrible team as a third-round pick, um, but I'm starting him in one league every week, but that's only because I have uh, Dak Prescott and... Uh, the world's worst person, Deshaun Watson, as my only other two uh, quarterbacks. Yeah. You know, I, I will say this. Uh, I think for another baller, um, now that you mention it, uh, how... Hold on. <laughs> I'm 
one. Just say it and I'll look it up for you if you're uh Yeah yeah. Um C D Lamb. How how are we feeling on him? Oh, C D Lamb, I believe he passed Noah Brown in fantasy points this week on the season. Um he actually did well. Great. It would, yeah, I know he had uh get some points late in the game and that unfortunately yeah. was what I tuned out. Uh eight catches, eighty seven yards and a touchdown on twelve targets. Um, C.D. Lamb, if you haven't bought him yet, do it. Uh, this dude's getting 96% snap count. He's getting 12 targets per game. Uh, 11, 11, and 12 right now. Uh, the poor performance is stat-wise, like, fantasy point-wise. Uh, those, I think, are kind of a facade here. Uh, he's getting the work. And I am very much a, if you're getting the work, the points will come kind of guy. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see when uh, when Gallup comes back. You know, obviously I'm I'm Gallup gang. Yeah, I actually I'm think having... he'll improve because CD is definitely better in the slot, and Gallup uh-huh. should take a lot of that coverage to the outside. Um, yeah, yeah, I I just think I I I feel like everybody is just figuring CD out right now. You know, the journey that he's had with his value has been such an interesting one. I think he's he down was, to wide receiver 12 or something like that after starting uh, the season as number three. He's looking at wide re- he's wide receiver 11 right now. Yeah. Um, which feels still kind of too high to me. <laughs> um, I, I'm just not so sure how much his value can go up from where it's at because I think that he's a good piece, you know, and he's a young guy, but like he was just so quickly anointed um, as one of like the top wide receiver assets in Dynasty. And I just don't think that he's really that guy. I just think that he had a phenomenal season, you know, very Juju-esque. I, I think we went over this a little <laughs> bit last oh, week. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that he lucked out by just having an amazing uh, receiving cast around him and, and taking advantage of that, which is half the battle. You know, he took advantage of the opportunity, and he's still being given a ton of opportunity. But I just look at the other names that, you know, are around him, and I, you know, do do I think that C.D. Lamb is better than, you know, wide receiver eight right now, Drake London? Do I think he's better than that? No. Do I think he's better than Tyreek Hill? No. Pittman kind of surprises me seeing him at wide receiver 10. Do I think that Lamb's better than him? Like, I don't know. (laughs) I was actually seeing a lot of people uh, posting about trading Pittman for Lamb and vice versa, and most people actually said they'd prefer Pittman at this point. Um, That's not terribly surprising to me because Pittman's really kind of had uh, a bit more of a baptism by fire than than cd lamb has you know yeah that and uh per game he's getting more work um and he's been capitalizing yeah like lamb has been blessed with a consistent quarterback you know he's been injured so he's had to deal with uh the offensive prowess of cooper rush (laughs) yeah but he has dak prescott that he can rely on being there you know year in year out michael Pittman. uh, matt ryan at 37 you got Carson yeah, Wentz, Carson Wentz, uh, Jacoby Brissett. Like, they just keep bringing in near-retirement has-been quarterbacks. Right, yeah, exactly. And and Pittman is still produced, you know? Yeah. Um, 
So that I I would probably rather have Pittman than. So who do you think the next quarterback of the Colts is going to be then? Uh, I don't know. Probably Matt Stafford in like three years. Yeah, it's really looking bad for Matt Ryan this year. (laughs) This is how it's going for him. Uh, It could be Aaron Rodgers at like forty-four. I you know I could see Rodgers. That's what the Colts are all about. Yeah, I I could see Rodgers leaving for the Colts, you know, just as like an FU year to like I. There's Michael Jordan Wizards year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know. I, I, I could maybe see that. I don't know. I, it, it, maybe they draft a guy. It seems like they're more content to just bring in all these geezers. <laughs> yeah, I um, know. That's why I think it's funny. It's like, yeah, I, which neck, what's the next potential Hall of Fame old quarterback are they going to bring in way past their prime? Right. And, it, and it's so Tom clearly Brady. like not a winning strategy. Oh, Tom know? Brady like, would be great after the whole deflate gate scandal back in the day. That'd be phenomenal. Uh, can you imagine if Tom Brady won a Super Bowl for the Colts? Oh, that'd be so good. <laughs> now I want this to happen. Oh, yeah. Bring bring Vinatieri back, too. <laughs> it's going to be, uh, yeah, we're just going to relive the uh, glory days. Um, exactly. You know what? I don't really like doing starts and sits. Do you want to do starts and sits? We're like an hour in. I mean, starts and sits, like... I don't really know how much value, like, we can add to that. Yeah. I you mean, know? listen to the risers and fallers. We're scrapping starts and sits going forward. This is a crappy I, segment. I, I feel like starts and sits is more, like, suited towards redraft, you know? Like, risers and fallers. Yeah. Tem- temperature checks on players. Is more if your team's so good that you have to worry about who you're starting on a regular basis, then figure it out. You already built the squad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I kind of figure, like, if, if you have a viable team, like, you're probably already good enough yeah so. we're scrapping that i deleted it i deleted it from the doc right, all together we're never doing it again um <laughs> right. don't even ask about it if we see it in pod questions we're just going to delete it oh uh, oh i missed one um because we were talking about all these followers and how people aren't scoring i do want to preface this all or i guess post this all um we had 15 teams like nfl teams score less than 20 points last week or score 20 points or less. I want to say one of them did score 20. I forgot who it was. Probably Houston. I don't know. Um, scoring was really low. I think it has been in general. If the Lions are like one of the top offenses in the NFC, then something's wrong. So and it's still only cool. been three weeks. But um, yeah, we wouldn't I mean, have the... anything to talk about if we couldn't shit on people having a bad start to the season. Right. I mean, it, it happens every year, too. Like, the, the first couple of weeks are always a crapshoot. You don't have the narratives yet. You're still feeling everything out. Like, you're still being like, oh, well, my... I, I don't understand. All 32 teams were supposed to improve in the offseason. Yeah, I mean, we all improved. We all got better. Uh, other than, well, 31 this year. We knew that the Bears were... Oh, well, I mean, were the Bears the only one? The Falcons, we knew were going to be pretty bad to see. Falcons were going to be pretty bad. Yeah, you're right. Um, There's always a few of them that lose something pretty major, and you're like, well, this is it. Yeah, this last week was weird, though, because, you know, there were... I I think so far this season hasn't been too bad with injuries, but, like, this this last season, there, there weren't, like... Other than the Bills, who have just been decimated <laughs> yeah, with, with injuries, which is really difficult to watch, you know, because, man, that team is so fun to watch when they're clicking. But you had injuries to 
you know, Mac Jones, uh, Matt Stafford continues to play hurt. Um, Tom Brady's like, he has no weapons and he could potentially be old. Uh, Two on the Bears. Quote-unquote hurt his back if his back is in his head. Yeah, his back just temporarily gave out. Um, You had David Montgomery get hurt for the Bears, though. Khalil Herbert stepped in. Uh, Calvin Cook and DeAndre Swift kind of get a hold. Yeah, it's it's been a bit of a bloodbath. But it always is, too, right? Like, we should be used to this by now. Yeah, I mean... Anyone still panicking this early? Watch football for a few more years. You'll slow down. Right. Uh, like, my, my point is, is that this last week was kind of uh, interesting for injuries and in that, like, there weren't a ton of, like, season enders, but, like, there was a lot uh, of impactful ones on, on offenses that could uh, definitely contribute to the, to, to the lighter uh, points that were going around, you know? And then uh, any games you're looking forward to in particular this weekend? Other than, obviously, yeah. Bears-Giants. Yeah, that... Hey, those are that's a battle of two division first place teams. God, that that is such like a noon game. Like <laughs> I can I can already picture I, I can already picture how it's gonna go down, you know? I'm gonna wake up on noon at, at uh uh on Sunday. I'm gonna go over to my friend's place. We're gonna have like three Miller High Lives and, and just get like maybe a light buzz going. Probably not because I'm gonna eat a burrito from this place down the street that's very good. Nice. And and the whole time we're just gonna be commenting, God, we're dog shit. The <laughs> whole time, you know, like like, come on, Bears Giants, they're both inexplicably two one, and it's at noon Central Time. Yeah. Does that sound like a good time to you? I mean, depends on how many beers are involved. Yeah, that that's true. I, maybe we'll throw away the the beers and we'll just switch straight to mouthwash. You know. Yeah, I feel you because I I have to watch the Lions play the Seahawks, also at noon your time. Uh, yeah, but that's, that's without that like fun to me though. Yeah, but that's without DeAndre Swift, and probably Amon Ross St. Brown. Yeah, so that, that's like the I Lions' mean... offense without the Lions' offense. I, okay, but let, let me let me try to reframe this for you, because the Seahawks and the Lions both entering this year were both just completely written off, you know, Fair. and both look far better than anybody expected them to be. Well, that's because Geno Smith is the truth. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> uh, and I'm not saying that you know people had expectations for the Bears. Uh, quite the opposite, you know. We knew we were going to be bad, but the thing is, is that we've We've won two games, we've lost one. But we're doing it without poking and prodding and seeing what we have in our presumptive franchise quarterback, which was like the whole point of this season. I yeah, thought. so you get the bad season without any of the hope of watching young players improve. Exactly. So it's just like, what are we doing? And then with the Giants, you know? What are you like, doing? You're I drinking hope- and eating sausage, yeah, presumably. Like- I, I hope that Saquon runs for 400 yards just so I can feel something. <laughs> you know? Um, for actual games that I'm looking forward to, uh, I mean, I would love to say Bills-Ravens, but the, the Bills are just so injury-ridden. I was going to say that exact same thing. Um, yeah, because on paper, like, those are, you know, Lamar is looking 
hot. Yeah. Anyone um, who plays bit like anyone who plays bets on him for MVP has got to be feeling really good right now. He is oh, yeah. cruising. Yeah, he's absolutely crushing it. And the Bills, you know, the Bills have been really clicking. Like, what happened in Miami was really, really a damn shame that everybody was just dying because of yeah, he was off. Yeah, that was a wild but, game. Um, but, I mean, that team has just looked so good uh, this year. Uh, they had a, I mean, the game against the Dolphins really was not that great. But, like, you know, you can blame it on the Heat. Uh, and the fact that they've just had so many injuries from week two to week three. Well, yeah, nobody in Buffalo has ever experienced a temperature over 80 degrees, so they didn't even know how to handle it. <laughs> exactly. Um, for other games that I'm really looking forward to, um, I'm really not looking forward to the Chiefs-Bucks. Like, I just... Uh, the the Bucks still have a lot of it. In, yeah, I think like, they're just question too... marks at injury. That's the, and... See, that's the problem. I think all the good teams in the league are just too beat up right now. Yeah, you know, I will say this. Uh, maybe one of the games that I'm looking forward to the most this week is the Jags. Yes, game. I was going to say Eagles Jags. That should actually Hell be a yeah. lot of fun. I fully expect the Eagles to win, but I want to see what the Jags are actually made of because the Eagles are really good. Yeah, I mean, th those are two teams that I had certainly written off before the before the year. Both have been a lot better than I was expecting. Yeah, I think the uh, Eagles might be the best team in the NFC this year. Uh, they yeah, just, they I mean, look the part. Jalen Hurts really... has been on an unbelievable tear through the first three weeks. Yeah, I mean, he's he's been undeniable at this point. It's not really saying a lot that... that uh, they're probably at the top of NFC Mountain, but uh, they look good. They they look damn good, and honestly, looking the at all these different matchups, like this might be the match of the week. Yeah, the Jags you know? have looked really. I mean, to their credit, uh, Trevor Lawrence has been very good this year. The Jags look like they've kind of figured their shit out. Christian Kirk is who everyone drafted him to be four years ago, he's five the, years ago. He's the truth. He's the truth. I mean, he was in my uh, one quarterback home league. He was the seventh overall pick back in the day, and there's a reason why because he looked really good in college. And I yeah, think yeah. with how oh, uh, wait, Hollywood we, Brown's we been doing in uh, Arizona, maybe Kyler Murray was the problem for him. So I'm very excited yeah. for that game. We we have a uh, uh, game in uh, Tottenham, Tottenham, Tot. Whatever. Germany. Yeah, yeah. I totally <laughs> forgot about that. Which one? Uh, Viking Saints. Oh, yeah. They get to watch Jameis Winston and Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a. What that's did a What did they ever do to us to deserve this? <laughs> uh. Well, that's cool. I guess. I I have a dark horse uh game that I'm actually looking forward to. Um. Huh. A lot of people are going to scoff at this, I think. But I'm looking forward to the Jets-Steelers uh, for very much the same reason what we were talking about earlier. I just want to see what Zach Wilson does. I just want to watch him. I just want to see what happens. Yeah, I We can know he's got that. that dog in him. We know Cougar Country's got his back. Like, right. in every way. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, 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 I want to see Zach Wilson in that game. And then, you know, I... I'm still not out on Mitch Trubisky. I think at any moment, you know, Mitch Trubisky could strike and have another six-touchdown game. This is it. We know he's capable of it. If if there is one game that uh, he were to throw six touchdowns for, 
like, wouldn't it just be the most, like, week four thing for Zach Wilson and Mitch Trubisky to have, like, the most epic shootout you've ever seen? I would love it if both of them just, like, it was a barn burner for, like, 800 total passing yards. Right, that's what I'm talking about. Just trading touchdowns, zero defense, everybody talking. Is this the future of the NFL? Will Trubisky and Wilson just have the most storied rivalry there ever was? I'm in. I'm in, too. Let's do it. That's the game of the week. That's (laughs) in the live game chat. That's the one we're watching. Everyone watching Red Zone, shame on you, because you're not going to see any plays from that because it only shows plays in the Red Zone. Um... So let's watch some Jets. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> hey, no, with the red zone, it's basically just going to be showing that game over and over. Oh, for sure. Know? That's going to be an offensive. That's going to be an absolute yeah. battle. Um, You know what? On that note, let's see. Uh, what do we got left here? Um, Oh, we got the shoey uh, of the week. Before I get into community questions here, I, was, I lost my place. We were all over the place today. No, it's actually been good. a lot more fun. Um, yeah, yeah. Shoey of the week. Uh, this week I picked the only shoey that any of you did, because you're all a bunch of cowards. Uh, Eclipse, who is currently going by Clippers, versus uh, FTV on the uh, over-under of four and a half wide receivers being drafted in the first round of 2023. That's, that's um, an interesting one. Yeah. I did not see this one uh, get posted. Yeah, Eclipse uh, had over... So he has five or more first-round wide receivers going in 2023, while FTB has the under. Is that, that first-round rookie picks? Yes. So, uh, like, like, in the actual NFL draft. like. Oh, okay. In like the teams, okay, so not, how many, yeah. not in Dynasty. Of the 32, you know, first-rounders. Not, like, ADP okay. or anything. Huh. Because in okay, ADP, that... that's almost a lock. Depending well, on first one quarterback versus super flex, but even in one in both, it's probably a lock that it's over five. Well, I don't know because in the 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 whole the whole reason why next year's class is getting hyped is because of the quarterbacks and the running backs, right? I I think it's just everything, man. Well, I mean it's everything, but like the stock has kind of fallen on the uh, wide receivers I, I have had a rough go of it. Yeah, I don't really watch that much college football. Other than Jordan Addison, who has just been ridiculous. Yeah, my understanding is that the the stock has kind of been unkind to yeah anyone drafting in 2022 has to be uh, who traded their 23 picks for 22 have to be giggling a little bit right now yeah for real 22 is actually looking pretty decent right now it's looking great Um, at least the first round picks um yeah well with so with the 2023 class i i'm gonna go on eclipse side here um how many were drafted this year we had we had uh, six we had six Mm -hmm. And I th- we had Jalen Burks, Drake London. Uh, Burks, London, Dotson, uh, J-Mo, who a lot of people are forgetting him out because he's injured. Oh, yeah, yeah, J-Mo um, was drafted. Wilson and uh, Olave. Okay, yeah. So, um, wait, did you say Watson? Uh, Wilson. You, uh, well, is Christian Watson a first-rounder? I thought yeah. he was a second-rounder. Oh, wait, no, 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 he's a second-rounder. Yeah, rounder. I thought he was, like, really, really second-round. You're right, yeah, yeah. Like 33rd or 34th. Um, like that. Yeah, so that was six this year, right? Yep. You said? Um, hmm. I think... Yeah, I, I think I would... Uh, I think I would probably agree with you over on that. And I, I don't even necessarily know if they're more talented this upcoming year than they were, you know, in 2022. But given what 
wide receiver contracts are becoming, it is becoming a far more valuable position to draft early. Yeah, I think uh, and... I think one with the contracts and two, uh, there's also just like a lot of like the 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 current like superstars for wide receiver are like aging, you know. Yeah, I mean, kind of like, like Devontae Adams huge... is thirty now. You got Keenan Allen. Yeah. So uh, like kind of like how we, we saw like uh, a lot of the mid two thousands uh, like quarterbacks kind of go off into the sunset all at once. Like I I think that we're going to be kind of seeing that with like a lot of the wide receivers that are household names in the you know the next couple of years. Yeah. I mean, so I'm just looking at uh, some of these names right now, and, like, uh, JSN, uh, Booty, yeah. and, uh, like, Addison, like, I think they're already locks to be first-round picks. Yeah, I, so I that know point that they've is, had some difficulties. you got to have someone like but... Johnston or Downs or something like that, like, just a few of them. Like, just two of those guys get drafted even late first, and all of a sudden that blows up. Yeah, um, and, like, think of all the teams who, like, them. need wide receivers. And a lot Myers. of those teams are teams that are probably competing this year right now anyway, so they can use luxury picks in the late first on a position like that. Um, yeah, so I th- also I, very true. I think that's – we could be looking at, I mean, seven or eight. Just, and a bit high, because, but... I mean, it's been a slow start for a lot of these guys, but again, it's only been three weeks, and a lot of these scouts aren't looking at, like, the production they're putting up, but what they can do. Yeah, and I, I think like uh like I, I think that teams that have really prioritized like having a rounded out receiving core ha- have been seeing like a lot of success lately. Like look at the Bengals last year, you know, with, with Higgins and Chase. Um I don't really know if you can use the Bucks as an example because Brady. Yeah. <laughs> but but they've had Godwin and Evans, which even with Winston were a very potent duo. Um, L.A. with the Rams, they've thrown a lot of resources at their receiving core, bringing in Odell, you know, to replace uh, Woods. And they also had Cooper Cup. Yeah, I... Uh, I, yeah. So I, I think that with with teams not being able to shell out for superstar wide receivers anymore, thanks to Christian Kirk rightfully <laughs> changing how the, the market is perceived. Um, yeah, I think that that's a pretty safe lock, four and a half. Okay. Yeah, I. Uh, speaking of Christian Kirk, I regret all the memes and tweets that I made about his contract. My God, dude's killing it. Yeah, I mean, I, I love the guy. Yeah. Uh, I will continue to victory lap on that week in and week out. All right, let's get into, uh, let's get into community questions here. Uh, we don't have Let's a ton do today. Um, so, first and foremost, we were originally actually going to have Scott with us today. Uh, Scotty knows. Um, he actually canceled last minute because he is helping his family survive Hurricane Ian. Uh, so, good luck to him. I hope he survives so you can come back next week and join us. Yeah, for real. Um, yeah, my thoughts go out to everyone in... Uh... He may know too now. much by the end of this. <laughs> I mean, he, he knows enough to, to keep his family safe, and I hope that uh, continues to be the case, because the images coming out from Hurricane Ian are pretty nuts. Did yeah. you see that they closed down 21 Waffle Houses? That's not good. The Waffle House no. index doesn't, uh, it doesn't lie. 
If Waffle, That's if Waffle House saying. is closed, then shit's going down. Yeah, if 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 a Waffle if a Waffle House is closed, fucking run. Yeah, it doesn't matter what direction. Just get the fuck out of. Waffle there. House would build a location inside a volcano and keep it open while it's erupting. So like, if they're shut, like you you bail. Yeah, you get out of there, people. Um. All right. All what, right. what do we got for community questions? All right. Uh, first one is from Harden, and I'm guessing it's probably more directed at me but uh, feel free to chime in and it's which user that got banned do you miss the most uh for me it is let me pull this up because uh, that's in the server settings uh bands the one that i miss the most is deleted user eight or zero eight c seven eight f nine e see their names oh yeah i can pull up a whole list of banned people uh most of them uh, are the, either racists or people that we have forgotten about <laughs> um, and then there's Slick Fox. So I guess Slick Fox, if I had to pick one, because he was just an idiot instead of, like, someone that was actually, like, a bad person. Yeah, I, I think Slick Fox has got to be my top as well. Uh, just because the questions, the questions that he asked were so stupid that I genuinely still kind of think that he was trolling and that he was just really fucking good at it. Yeah. And the not not to like mystify server lore, but his exit was just chef's kiss. It was the most slick fox way that he could that he could have gone out. Yeah. I'll leave it at that. I'm not gonna dive into it anymore. I just went down the list. There were some other names that popped up and uh yeah. <laughs> um I don't really ban people ever, so if I do you really suck. Uh, so keep that to heart. If if uh, <laughs> take that to heart, if it ever happens. Um, Silver asks, "What food do we know how to make?" Uh, yeah, I am. I suck at cooking. I don't. Um, but I'm not very good at it. I'm I... not super great at cooking. Um, it's something that I like constantly resolve myself to get better at. But I, I like to have like a couple things in my back pocket where I can like cook, you know. I mean, you can't really fuck up soup or chili. So yeah. I like making those a lot. Um, I also really like making uh, pad thai. Um, I think that that's like a fun dish that you can also get like pretty creative with. Um, other than that, I mean, you know, like I'm a big, uh, I, I do meal prep. Uh, I kind of make like my own, they're not really chipotle bowls, I guess, because there's a lot of like different ingredients, but you know, like I meal prep with, uh, some rice and like chicken or I make turkey, I make it with turkey. Yeah. But like, you know, I do that with like some veggies and, you know, seasoning and whatnot. Mm -hmm. I mean, for me, I can make a mean burrito. Basically anything that involves ground beef and then no other cooking where you're just throwing stuff on it. I'm really good at that. But I mean, honestly, like if if you can do that and you can cover it in spices, like it'll get you far. Look at the Taco Bell menu; it's literally all <laughs> exactly. the same stuff. They're just like, oh, what shape have we haven't we done yet? We haven't done like a tetrahedron. Let's yeah. Let's fucking you know what? I actually that. I have a bone to pick with everyone who says that all Mexican food is just the same four ingredients, but just like mixed up. Uh, yeah, they are, and it all rocks. Don't fix what ain't broken. 
I mean, you could say that about like a lot of food. Exactly. You know, if, you break, if you break it down to it's like most basic it's all wheat. stuff. It's yeah. all wheat and meat. Yeah. Yeah. Mexican food rules. There's this. There's this Mexican uh, restaurant place right around the corner from me that I mentioned. <laughs> I was going to get a burrito yes. for the games on Sunday earlier, but it is the most phenomenal Mexican food I've ever had. If anyone ever is in Chicago, make sure you go to El Tacanazo. Um, next question here by Kenzo. Uh, who are some veterans that you would say are equal to each first-round rookie wide receiver? I'm going to preface this by saying that I think all of the first-round wide receivers are worth about the same, with the exception of Drake London being a step up. Uh, I would agree with doing that. Well. Uh, and at that point, I mean, if you're a wide receiver and you're doing well and you're, like, 21 years old, you're probably pretty valuable already. <sighs> For me, it's it's hard. If you're a contender and you have one of these rookies... And you're trying to sell him. I guess you could go for like a guy like, uh, you know, like a Stefan Diggs or something who's like 28. Uh, probably has like a couple good years left, but you're giving up, you know, seven years of longevity down the road potentially. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, it's... maybe Devonte Adams, who's again 29, pushing 30. Do you really, honestly though? But do you really think that you would give up? one of the rookie guys for Devonte adams i don't think i would depending on who it is maybe i it's always a tough question I... for me because i don't really do position for position trades like that like if i'm trading for a wide receiver i usually don't send a wide receiver unless there's like a really good reason why because i on the receiving end if someone offers me a wide receiver for a wide receiver i'm just like why do you think your guy's better than mine yeah. And I just say yeah. no. Well, I, so. I think, though, like, I, I think the rookie for veteran trade is actually, like, one of the most honest ones, right? Because you can literally just say, like, oh, you know, I'm trading you Stefan Diggs, who is the number one target on the most electric offense in the NFL. Uh, and I would like, you know, a rookie who's producing really well and probably will be that guy eventually, but he's not that guy right now. You know? Yeah. Um, so, like, on, on that level, it makes sense to me. But, like, you know, I'm seeing a lot of, like, I just don't know that many veterans that are, and th this is what I was kind of talking about earlier, like, about how, like, uh, there there's just, like, a certain era of wide receiver that's being aged out right now. Like, Stefan Diggs, yeah. Like, Stefan Diggs might be, like, one of the only ones um i don't think i would trade for Devonte adams though. i maybe like deontay johnson yeah on one hand like maybe but i i just don't really like deontay johnson more than i like uh a lot of the young guys who are producing you know deandre hopkins like i wouldn't trade for him maybe like i, I don't know if i would trade for him because he's just like ranked pretty low and has like injury history but like maybe like chris godwin is in the mix yeah you know so yeah that's i guess that's kind of that range yeah like the 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 pickings are pretty slim i think that in most of these scenarios it would just be more prudent to hold these rookie guys because especially like with the 2022 class like they're already producing pretty damn well <laughs> you yeah. know like 
I, I just don't I, I don't see you gaining that much benefit by trading, you know, a guy like Drake London who who admittedly is like a cut above the rest of the class. But like trading him for a guy who's pretty much giving you like the same amount of points, but is older. Yeah, and that's the know? whole thing, is like these guys are already scoring. Like what are you, what are you trying to get? Yeah, and Drake London's doing this with like Kyle Pitts is his competition and Marcus Mariota is his quarterback. Like what are you What, what do you have doing? to gain? Yeah, same thing with Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson is doing this with a Joe Flacco is his quarterback. Yeah, but he has and, a lot of good target competition and is still doing yeah, it. Yeah, and he's he's sticking out um you know with Corey Davis and Elijah Moore. And two plus receiving wide or er, running backs and I mean to their credit relatively decent tight ends. Yeah. So like maybe maybe you would trade one of them for like you at know At this point this wide receiver, this veteran would have to just be outscoring the rookies notably. It depends on like what we're considering like notably. a veteran. Like I don't know. Are they 28? D- Are they 25? Like Right. Does DK Metcalf count because he's been in the league for a couple of years? Yeah, that's that's a tough question. I I think we kind of summed up the uh the spirit of it though yeah it basically like i would i would almost in all instances hold the rookie guys like when it comes to trading straight up positionally yeah i will say though just looking through uh the top wide receivers right now uh, i have two two little quick things one jahan dotson's my guy and he's also 16th in the nfl in snap percentage among wide receivers first on the uh commanders Nice. Get that guy. 91% snap count. Uh, two, Elijah Moore is 22nd at 90% snap count. If you can buy him right now, do it. The dude is... I mean, for obviously not getting the points you'd want, he's still easily the number one wide receiver for the Jets and uh, actually being on the field. And, I mean, he got 10 targets last week. Like, he's still that guy. The points will come. I think that he's uh, he's definitely due for a positive regression. Exactly. For sure. Bush asked this specifically to me, but since we're both NFC North fans, I think uh, it's fitting. Um, how does being a Lions fan, how has it changed me as a man? And do I think it would make me different as, do I think I would be a different person if I uh, grew up as a Green Bay fan? And as a fan of another maligned uh, franchise in the NFC North, I guess you could answer that as well. But for me, I have very low expectations. I think if I were a Packers fan, I would be a very entitled person, knowing that my my team can just go and draft a Hall of Fame quarterback once every 20 years, and I don't have to think about it ever again. Yeah, I don't think it really changed me as a person. I just no, get to watch a shitty football team every week instead of a good one. See, I, I got nothing but respect for Lions fans, because like when I was growing up, like that was when they had their own 16 season, and like... The Lions fans at my high school, who, you know, were surrounded by Bears fans and some Packers fans, but, like, mostly Bears fans because we're out of the Chicago Bears. Like, mm-hmm. they stuck with the Lions through that 0-16 season, and they bled, you know, blue and silver. I I don't know. Like, I can't really I, – I don't want to, like, front and say that, like – I feel like my Bears fandom has been a relatively recent thing. Because my flair is Ravens, and when I got into football, like, I was tired of hearing about the Bears disappointing my friends all the time. So, I was initially just a Ravens fan. 
and would like make fun of the Bears for losing. But now that like the the pressure has been taken off of the Bears, like for actually doing anything, like I think that it's a lot more fun to root for them and kind of get it on the ground level, uh, while it's miserable to do it. So once they drafted Justin Fields, like I kind of really amped up my Bears fandom. Uh, that being said, like my main criticism of the Bears throughout the years has been like, you know, in the twelve or so years since I've been watching football, they have been miserable to watch every single year, except for that one like season where uh, with with Mark Tressman where they were like cooking with gas on offense. That was the only time they were fun to watch. So they they haven't changed me, but like you know, yeah. <laughs> I I have a very deep respect for fans of in any sport, fans of a franchise who just always sucks. Because yeah. I also know how much it sucks. But that's I'd say that's really about it. I think those are the true fans who just like suffer. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Alright, this one is uh what do I think the Lions are gonna do at quarterback next year? Nothing. I think they will be too good to get one of the top quarterbacks. Uh, and Jared Goff still has $15 million in dead cap next year. So I think we're stuck with them for 2023. Um, I don't even think that you guys are necessarily stuck with it. Like, I, I feel like... Uh, he's been fine. Yeah, I, I feel like he he can be, like, that game manager type, and you guys certainly have enough offensive weapons. Like, I mean, he's proven. Pretty... He's gotten to a Super Bowl before. He's... Right, like... I think he's better than people give him credit for. I think he should be a starting quarterback in the league. I just don't want him to be my team specifically because he's not the kind of guy that goes out there and wins games for you. Right. He might have, like, one or two of those a season. But, yeah, I mean, you know what you, know what you have with him, but you have, like, a pretty okay quarterback, you know? And it seems like he really has uh connected with detroit and like wants to be there you know which is which is huge like he's on the ground floor of building something so never underestimate that i mean we do have the lions pick plus we have the rams first round pick from the uh from the trade trade so i could see them moving up uh especially if mel kuyper's really really bad quarterback rankings end up being right and like bryce young is the third quarterback off the board but no, I I don't suspect anything will change that much, at least next year. Plus, our GM is Brad Holmes, who was the director of college scouting for the Rams when they drafted Jared Goff. So he probably likes Jared. Yeah, uh, we our front office is the front office that drafted Jared Goff, even if it's a different team. So I I think he's gonna be sticking around for a while. At least for, yeah. you know, another 25 games or so. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily think that that's, like, the worst thing either. As yeah. long as they as long as long they keep building on what they've been building on and, like, they've, they've made the kind of progress that you would want a team in their position to make. And so especially far. since the team has changed. It's, it's entirely 180 from, like, the Stafford-Kelvin Johnson years where it's very run-heavy. I don't think we necessarily need a world beater at quarterback i think it could be more of like a 2020 2021 texans they're not texans uh titans kind of deal where they just right, have yeah. you know jamal williams vulturing all of deandre swift's touchdowns and 
they just run for 200 yards a game kind of thing. Um, but yeah, that's that's really my two cents. I don't really think they'll do anything. Sorry. Um, Kenzo also asks if there could be, an, or if you could see a football game at any stadium, what would it be? I have been to games at Ford Field in Detroit, uh, Lucas Oil in Indianapolis, Soldier Field, obviously, in uh, Chicago, and then Lambeau. So I'll exclude those. Um, they were all very cool in their own way. I can say, having experienced four stadiums, that Soldier Field is awful. No offense. Yep. Uh, none taken. <laughs> it's a really shitty stadium. Um, I'm going to Gillette Stadium next weekend to watch the Lions play the Patriots, so I'm looking forward to that. But outside of all of those, I don't know. I'm a sucker for new things, so I guess uh, I'd like to go see a Raiders game in Vegas. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that that'd be a lot of fun, too. Um, that or Los Angeles at whatever they're calling their stadium. I don't even remember the name of it. Isn't that SoFi? Yeah, it might. Yeah, it's SoFi. It's some bank. It's always some bank. Yeah. Um, so I, I think I've said this before, but I've actually never been to an NFL game. I have seen football played in uh, Soldier Field, though. I watched my NIU Huskies get destroyed by the Russell Wilson-led Badgers back in the day. <laughs> I definitely would not want to see a game in Soldier Field, though. I've I mean, actually I... watched a hockey game at Soldier Field before. Oh hell yeah, I love college hockey. It was great. Oh nice. Couldn't see <laughs> shit, but I had front row seats in the end zone, so like, hell eh, yeah. you get what you get. Yeah, um, I think uh, the Raiders would be fun because of the spectacle. Same thing with like the Cowboys. Um, you know, those are like obviously like the big. Uh... Oh, I forgot. Yeah, I've been to AT and T uh, Stadium too. But oh, I went nice. for the Cotton Bowl in 2017 when Western Michigan played uh, Wisconsin. Hell yeah. The Corey Davis uh, year, you know? Well, one of the several Corey Davis years. Right. That dude was um, so good in college. My God. I would, I would love to go to a Buffalo Bills home game. Uh, yeah, you know what? I'm changing my answer. I, that sounds I think like that so that, much fun. Right. Like, I think that that would... Like, I don't know the name of that stadium, but I think, I think that, that would just be... Stadium, unless they changed it. Unless they it's, sold uh, the rights. It was, was for the it? longest time. Uh, Ralph Wilson Stadium. Okay. Yeah, uh, so I don't really know anything about the stadium, but I think that that environment would be, like, the, the most fun. Um, I can't really think of it. Oh, it's Highmark else. Stadium now. Nothing like um, uh, having your, dece like, just deceased owner's name being taken off the building for whatever Highmark is. <laughs> Always classy. Yeah, I'm going to stand pat and uh, say... Yeah. I'd, I'd think that'd be a lot of fun too uh yeah. if and i understand the players are always like man i'd hate to play in green bay or buffalo because like there's nothing to do in those towns and i have to live there but like you know what that's a great fan base i want yeah, buffalo I mean, to win so bad just because like as a lions fan i mean there's a lot of history i'm not going to get into it with how the bills came to be and how they're very tied in with the lions historically but like i love small market teams with generally shitty franchises that just start doing well i wanted the Bengals to win bad like so badly last year and they Absolutely. let us all down but yeah, talk about a david versus goliath situation exactly i'm happy for my guy matt stafford winning one obviously but yeah i mean it's about time the the city of los angeles got a win yeah exactly 
but I mean, I mean, for me, like, there's some franchises out there. The Lions, obviously, like leading the pack at this point. That the little guys got to band together. One of us needs to win one of these points. Damn it. Yeah, I I love seeing fresh blood. So you know, let's go Buffalo. We're we're wrapping up here pretty quick here. Andre has a couple of questions here that uh, I have some zingers for because the kind of odd questions. Well, one of them isn't. Uh, one of them. Yes, where do we go when we die? The answer is Cleveland if you're a bad person. Hey, I actually visited Cleveland over the summer. I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> At least someone did. There's a reason why it's the mistake on the lake. True. I, I've been to worse I've been to worse places than Cleveland. I'll I'll say that about yeah, it. Hugh says fuck uh Columbus, Ohio, and I will just go so far as to say you don't need to have the Columbus in there. Columbus, Ohio is objectively worse than Cleveland, though. <laughs> Fair. Ohio sucks. Ohio does suck, for sure. That's at least where your dreams go when they die. Yeah. Um. The next question is, uh, what's the worst trade we've ever made? <laughs> uh, Mine, I mean... Mine's no secret. Wh what was yours again? Um, I It was my third year in my home league. I had Jordan Reed and Travis Kelsey as my tight ends. And they had finished as tight end three and four that year, just behind, you know, the Jimmy Graham and Gronk headlining years that they had for, you know, like half a decade. As a Lions fan, it was Amir Abdullah's second year. He just had, like, an 80-yard, like, two-touchdown game or something like that week one. And I desperately needed a running back. So I traded Travis Kelsey for Amir Abdullah, Ooh. who instantly got a Liz Frank injury the next game Bro. after that, and never played a starting snap, like a meaningful snap ever again. Yikes. Sounds like you're going to Columbus. I then picked up George Kittle off of free agency after that year. So oh. it ended up working out, but man, fuck. Yeah, that's, that's fucking tough. Yeah, mine might be. Uh, I mean, I've talked at length about my Robert Woods trade last year, which I I still don't think was an awful trade, but it it did hurt that it didn't work out uh, with him instantly getting injured in my first round pick, becoming a first overall thanks to our draft lottery. <laughs> yeah, uh, um, like that obviously sucked, but I mean, I think the one that stings the most, as much as I like to meme about it, I did trade like a. Uh, I traded two thirds and a second to trade into, I think it was either the tail end of the second round or the beginning of a third round so that I could pick up Brian Edwards hey, during, the, during our rookie draft. This is the year. It just hurts, man. It just hurts. I, I just can't believe that a player would get, like, obviously every player gets talked up in the offseason during training camp, but like, man. Man, were they wrong. They were I, just so unbelievably wrong. If it makes they you were... uh, feel any better, I took him 207 in my one quarterback home league as well. Yeah, just brutal stuff. I just... I think I traded him, actually. I think I pulled it off before the season. <sighs> Let me see here. I don't even remember what I did with this guy. Whatever trade Sorry. that was, I won that one. I mean, yeah, if you got anything for him... Oh, yeah, I traded uh, Chris Godwin, him, and a or the last pick in the second round for a earlier 
second round pick. I, I want to say it was like 212 for 207. And then I got a first and third in uh, 2023. So basically, I, I traded Chris Godwin in a late second for those because Brian Edwards is worth nothing for a first second. Yeah. Third. I mean, he, he's worth like less than nothing at this point. Yeah. He's just taking up space. Yeah. Godwin for a first and third and a move up in a second. Deal. Done. I'm happy. Um, and all right, we got the, the last question of the day. Anyone asks anything more, we're, we're not going to answer it. And I think this is a nice one to end it on anyway. Define the word magic and do you believe in it? <laughs> what, what am I supposed to answer? <laughs> I have a great definition and I do not believe in magic. Oh, but Okay, well now I'm curious. As Arthur C. Clarke so astutely stated in his Three Laws of Science Fiction... His third law is that any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. And I think that's what magic is. You just think that it's, like, super good technology? Yeah, just it's just things that you don't understand yet. And you don't believe in technology that you don't understand? Well, I just think it can be understood. Therefore, it's not magic. I, I mean, hey, I'm just laying out what you just said. I know, uh, I'm trying my best here. <laughs> okay um i mean for my definition i think that magic is whenever you spend time with your friends friendship is magic and and i believe in that that's that's what i'm going <laughs> yeah that's why we're ending on it um but you guys have a great day we'll see you same time next week yeah, it was, a, it was a good time. Uh, good luck to everyone in their games this week. Yeah, make sure you turn into that Jags-Eagles game. Hell yeah, we'll be watching. Yep. All right, take care. See you, fellas.